Shut up and sit down. Welcome to another episode of the Superhero Movie Club. I'm comic book cultured host Michael Maurer, joined in the studio, in our in our in our little studio today, by the psychological prince. Um, hi, uh, I just like everyone to know that I I didn't give myself that name. That was Alec that Peterson, self imposed. Alec Peterson, <laughs> how are you doing there? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on again. Again. You're right. This is your yep. second time. That's correct. Yep. I don't keep track of these things. That's SHMC correct. is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week we continue our journey exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the film. This week, the psychology of Iron Man 2. And 3 and 1. Mainly 2. Okay. For the most part. Since this is sort of a little partner with our... Iron Man one episode. It's a little little partnership, but we're gonna we're gonna cover the character throughout all of his three current films. Not gonna talk about. Oh, we can we'll mention Avengers and Avengers two a little bit. Yeah, that that ties in with two, three, three. Yeah, ties in with three. Okay, so Alec, welcome back. First of all, thank you. I I I would assuming everyone enjoyed the psychology of the Dark Knight. I know I did. If they didn't, well, That's all that counts. <laughs> if they didn't, well, then you're here again. So yeah. you know what? Deal with it. Haters gonna hate. Well, at least you're and not. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> at least you're not Josh Trank returning for a Star Wars film. Yeah, I need. I need to be much more hopped up on eight different types of substances for me to even scratch the surface of Mr. Trank. <laughs> and well, the the reported news that came out. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> All right, AP. Where do you want us? Do you want us to to start? Because we're gonna this episode. We're gonna we're gonna go deep into the brain of the character and how it's how Tony Stark has developed throughout the movies, drawing from a few examples in the comic book, sure, but mostly his cinematic psychological profile. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. There was a little. There was there was some flashing in the studio here, and I thought maybe we were. No, that's a phone call. Oh, that's a phone. Can we answer it? No. Oh. Well, we shouldn't. I could. I could easily answer it, but all I'm going to say is the person you're looking for isn't here because they're not looking mm. for me. We are not the uh, not the, the the Jedi they are looking for. Not droids. 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 Oh, sorry. Droids. Even though I just watched those movies. Yes, Bad you memory. did. Anyway, Iron Man. How about him, huh? <laughs> um, how about him? Uh, I, I see here on, on your little outline. Well, not little. I don't want to demean your outline. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, you you bring up the the daddy issues, uh, which plagues Tony Tony Stark. That is abound in his life. That is very impactful on his development and adaptation of maladaptive uh, behaviors. Well, um, what we got here is I don't know where mom was in Tony Stark's upbringing. I don't mm-hmm. think they even bring it up, other than like she also died in a car crash with Howard way back. Yeah, when. maybe she was there. Somewhere, yeah. They never. Uh, her name was what was it Martha? Who knows? Yeah, she obviously doesn't play a very big yeah part in the role. But it's mostly would you get a lot in um, Iron Man one and a bit uh, more in Iron Man two is that Tony never got any love from his father, any unconditional love. Oh, that's yeah, that's an understatement. Tony, <laughs> Tony got everything but love from from his dad. What would you like? 
I guess what I what comes to mind is Iron Man one, where he's kind of like the 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 sequence where those the the movie or the magazine uh, covers kind of flying at the audience and it's like new kid on the block. Yeah. Um, what's he gonna do? And and none of it like he's on these covers with his dad, at least one of them, and they're not like buddy buddy. They're they're not even looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably shot separately and green screened in. Pro- yeah, it very well could have been photoshopped but, in. But yeah, ugh. that would have been a boring part of the movie for us to see that. <laughs> um. Well, on, well uh, tell me, as a as a amateur psychologist, um, would you describe yourself as that? Oh, that's 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 giving me a lot. A lot just, more just credit. To be called an amateur, an amateur, yeah, amateur. psychologist student. There we go, <laughs> getting warmer. <laughs> tell me what what happens to a person when they don't get unconditional love in childhood. Like, what does that what does that bring to their life? Yeah. Well, there was there's always been this uh, very famous psychological experiment where. Um, these uh, apes, certain types of monkeys were um, put in these cages and they had like this sort of like mother figure. In, in honesty, it was kind of like ET'd where it was just some like chicken wire and um, and one of the like these figures was, I mean, they were made to look like a maternal monkey. So the, 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 the baby chimpanzees or whatever they, the species they were, would like go to them and interact with them. And one was, like, covered in, like, a sort of felt or, or like, carpet material. So it was, like, warm and it could, like, get, like it, could, it could snuggle <laughs> with the monkeys and give some sort of affection to the babies. And one would give them food. Like, the, the monkeys would, like, 100% of the time prefer the one that would give them affection, that would give them some sort of comfort over the, the stuff that, over the one that could sustain their life. Mm-hmm. Like, the relationship between these uh, chicken-wired monkeys in quotations um would were much more tangible than the ones with that were just like chicken wire and and a display of uh, vittles pretty much and they would just press a monkey press a monkey press a button and get like (laughs) food pellets so the kind of the kind of the same thing that can kind of be applied to uh, tony stark where he's a monkey who pressed a button and got food pellets his dad was the 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 monkey chicken wire that gave him the food and the money and and the power but didn't give him the snuggles Mm. you know but what does that do to a person like what do they become is it a is it a tip is everybody's different um because tony never got the love from his father it's it's very real that tony learned that if he can't be loved from his own family he shouldn't love himself and because Tony is incapable of loving himself at this point, he adopts um, maladaptive behaviors, the partying, the drinking, the like excessive working to, uh, in essence, numb himself from just... just The world? Pretty much. And from it's cold-hearted trying, grasp? Yeah, trying to distance himself from himself, in, in essence, if that makes any sense. Well, I mean, what's he's a, <laughs> he's a guy who encases himself in a metal suit of armor. Yeah. That's like his first line of defense. He has all this money and wealth of which ways he could help the world when he discovers that, oh, I shouldn't be making weapons. So what should I do? The world has wronged me and I have wronged myself. So I'm going to make just a weapon for me. No one else could use it. No one can be trusted with it because I love no one. Until Iron Man 3 and he gives it to Pepper and Rhodey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rhodey just and takes it. And the president. <laughs> <laughs> the president, he was just, oh, man, those things are one size fits all or something. Exactly, yeah. S- something, maybe. But, th- but then they say they're not. It's weird. It's a, The movie, yeah. that's a whole other issue. Uh-huh. That's a cinema sin. <laughs> Ding. 
anyway, um, so yeah, daddy issues. Those are definitely abound, which lead to other uh, certainly destructive uh, behavioral archetypes. Well, let's let's talk about the first time conflict really enters his life. And, you know, that the time where he gets hit by the missile roadside, mm-hmm. and then he says, I'm giving up. Well, he's in a cave, and he builds an Iron Man suit. And he's like, oh, I could do more with this. This is my thing now. I'm going to throw away all the weapons manufacturing that my father has built that Stain wants to take. And I'm going to tell Stain, no, this is how it is, even though you're kind of my dad. <laughs> Yeah, in in some way, shape, or form. Not really. No. We learn that later. Um, Yeah, that kind of ties into a major theme in Tony's life, which is betrayal. But Tony is. (laughs) Tony betrays himself, like, betrays himself with that scene where he just gets bombarded by his own uh, weaponry and armaments. And then Obadiah betrays him. And is it Iron Iron Man 2 where um, Rhodey takes the the, the suit, excuse me, and they have like a standoff? That that one's a little justified because it's like, it's. For the greater good, Rhodey, yeah. Rhodey believes he's doing something. He's motivated by his friend's health here, as well as his love for the country. Mm-hmm. Whereas Stain is just the power of money and the power of power. Yeah, but but from Tony's point of view, at that moment, it could have very well been seen as this betrayal. Like I made this suit, I entrusted you with this power. I've never done this before to anyone. This is kind of a trial run, and then you just you're, you're pointing your laser hand right at me, <laughs> and then like, you go how- and. You go into my business partner and buy from him. Yep. Buy weapons, mind you. Mm-hmm. You're my friend. So that also kind of leads into the whole Tony cannot find any self-worth within himself. Like, because us as humans kind of extract or extrapolate value of ourselves by the people we tend to associate ourselves with. Mm-hmm. And if we always associate ourselves with people who kind of stab us in the back, then that could be interpreted as... We are essentially stabbing ourselves in the back, and thus, well, you make you feel yeah. like you deserve it if yeah, it happens exactly. to you so much. If if you're essentially doing this to yourself, like what's 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 the point? Like I obviously don't deserve love or any sort of affection. So Quotes, Tony Stark, I'm gonna get drunk. Quote, Alec Peter. yeah, I'm gonna get drunk, throw up in my helmet, and, <laughs> and do all sorts of crazy wild guy stuff. Ooh, because that's what he does. He just mm-hmm. sort of. Not only does he encase himself physically in armor, he encases himself mentally in booze. Oh, yeah. Booze <laughs> armor. That never never works. Booze armor has a lot of ways to go wrong, as we see a lot. And, you know, in the there's the very famous comic book storyline, which deals with Tony's alcoholism, but it's too mature of a plot line for kids. Yeah. So they didn't put it that much in the movie. Just, like, alluded to it. Yeah. Yep. In two and three. In fact, three was supposed to be all about it, but they made it about... Um, PTSD instead. Yep. So, or well, anxiety because Tony is filled with anxiety about everything. Yeah, and it's not necessarily that it's anxiety caused by like the like self worth. Like Tony knows he's baller. Tony knows that that he's kind of awesome. But to a point where it it manifests itself in like very apparent pessimism and. Uh, narcissism and all sorts of isms that you want to apply to this character. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's common if daddy doesn't show me love and if the next guy in doesn't show me love, your, your members of authority are all treating you poorly in your life. 
the people you're supposed to respect or inherently respect. Because I want to, I want to know if there's a fun, interesting experiment out there where it's just, it's like if people who are just mistreated in the home, do they dislike government then? Because um, if you think about that, that's the ultimate authority. Yeah, you, I guess. I, from what I think you're trying to say is like if yeah if if you're mistreated in the home if you're not treated with respect from your childhood authority as you move up like the social ladder as you progress through life and that authority changes you won't have any respect for them whatsoever yeah yeah because because I know they try and they do it in a different way in the film I'm I'm I want to say the writers weren't going down this line of reasoning yeah. when when writing up the beginning scene of Iron Man 2, but it's it still sort of fits in the same vein of just like him in the courtroom and they're saying, we need to seize this property because it's a weapon and we can privatize it in the United States, otherwise our enemies are going to get a hold of it. And he's like, no, it's mine. Have you read Atlas Shrugged? Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is my armor. Get Ayn Rand in here. Um Personally, because of Civil War, where Tony almost comes to embody the government and the the Superhero Registration Act, I would say it's more of a crisis of identity and Tony not wanting to be removed from something that he feels has brought him some sort of validation. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it was his journey. He sort of sunk into a small depression in the cave, Mm -hmm. you know, ready to give up life. And if Ho Yinsen wasn't there. From cave onward tony stark has not really been living as tony stark he's been iron man he's been very publicly iron man and and if you take that away from him i believe that if i were tony stark in my mind it'd be like well if they take this away from me this is essentially like my remedy i'm gonna go back to my old ways of just self-destruction yeah well because this was the first time like the movie made a very conscious choice to go all right Iron Man's going to go public at the end of the movie. Our Marvel Universe is not going to have secret alter egos mm-hmm. for a long time. Nobody, ever, like if you look at it, like all the Avengers are public, whether they want to be or not, because like the only one who doesn't want to be is Hulk. That's really it. Yeah. But like Hawkeye and Black Widow make no, they're secret agents, but they make no attempt to hide themselves. So you you have this, and it was all sort of spurred. By Tony Stark saying, I am Iron Man. Because yeah. for the long time, secret identities were the norm. And like in the comic book, Iron Man always said it was uh, Iron, the guy in the Iron Man suit is Tony Stark's bodyguard. Oh, and yeah. No one ever yep. put two and two together. <laughs> hmm, I wonder if ever, it is yeah. Tony Stark. Have you ever seen him in the same room? Uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I've seen him flying around. So it's, it's, they've given the character much more of an ego. Like this billionaire, industrialist, we want all of our CEOs, all of our, um, all of the, the people who have the most money to be similar to Stark. I wouldn't want them all to be because then they'd all be working for themselves as always. I would, you know, but like still finding a lot of public ways to give back. Yeah. Now I'm saying? I, I, I guess. I wouldn't. I can I, from I feel like you're speaking from like a financial point of view, just because both of the the. Well, yeah, I want Donald Trump to make a, a suit of armor. That's what I want. Okay, yeah, <laughs> and then run for president as Iron Patriot. That I would be terrified. Oh, <laughs> and, then, and then someone find a bunker for Bernie Sanders, please. <laughs> and then shout some racist stuff oh, while man, he's be so flying around. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I guess the only thing I'd have to say to that is Tony Stark. 
learns from his mistakes and and he can self improve he he's very cognitive of his experiences after post becoming iron man and his en- engagement with uh Ms Pepper Potts and whatnot like well who do you think is the closest celebrity to to, to a real life tony stark besides robert downey jr <laughs> yeah cuz that dude just embodies that role oh man um cuz cuz then we can cuz i'm trying to think of a psychological bounce point point otherwise we can just skip the whole thing richard branson richard branson interesting may is is close maybe like someone like an elon like if you, if richard branson and like elon musk like did the fusion dance from dragon ball z <laughs> i think you'd have a pretty okay tony stark yeah some yeah. some dude is like all right we got a lot of money put it in technology mm-hmm. and that's it <laughs> pretty and, much and i'm gonna be very very charming yeah and uh, yeah richard branson is like very gregarious and I know I don't know too much about Elon Musk, but I know, I know he's a smart fella. <laughs> to put it very lightly, um, so so although you mentioned Pepper Potts, we should talk about Pepper Potts and her relationship with the with everything that goes on in Tony's life. Because mm-hmm. Pepper is his anchor. Yeah, I in, was just about to say like the exact same thing. Just like there's, we like to in in the world of fictional superheroes, we like to say that there are certain characters that that led to. Without them, these heroes would not be heroes. Like for Batman, it's Alfred and like Jim Gordon. Yeah. Uh, for the for like Spider Man, it's Aunt May, and the death of Aunt Uncle Ben. <laughs> yeah. And so, so for for this Iron Man, the cinematic Iron Man, it's Pepper Potts because she was they were never in a relationship in the books, but yeah. in the movie, they are this probably the one of the strongest romances in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. if not the strongest. I'd agree. I think there's also like that that relationship is kind of supplemented by Rhodey and at least in Iron Man three, uh, John Favreau's character is his Happy. Name, Happy, yes. Where uh, Happy's injury kind of sparks this this fire that Tony Stark. Had Happy, lost. the loyal servant, yeah, the only friend never to betray. Ex- yes, exactly. So when that happens, that's kind of like a catalyst to. Tony's self remedy of his anxiety and post traumatic stress disorder, post uh, Avengers invasion, and post almost sacrificing himself mm-hmm. to close the wormhole. Yeah, yeah. So and so, let's talk about that conflict too. Unless you have more to say on Pepper. Oh no, no. I mean, basically, anchor. Um, it, she did a lot for uh, Tony's like mental maturing process, mm-hmm. where it was obviously very latent or dormant inside of him. He was kind of a I feel like the the party boy for a, for a long time in his life and not necessarily I guess maturing her or taking note of how someone with his status and responsibility should be acting. Yeah, that's that's about all I can say about okay. the, the Pepper. I mean, I mean Pepper Pepper's conundrum. the first Pepper's the first time Tony gets unconditional love, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's like every relationship has its up and downs, but yeah, Pepper has been unconditionally with tony whether or not she's the victim of a hostage crisis yeah <laughs> or he just throws the responsibility of being a ceo at her yep and uh she's like all right here's still my guy mm-hmm. and he's like thank god now i'm gonna go be a superhero and hang out with some demigods later yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and take away your superpowers that's all right you didn't want him yep so let's talk a little bit about the the actions because we've t- we've touched Iron Man one, and you know basically the gist is daddy issues, 
don't trust authority because authority betrays. And then Iron Man 2 sort of sort of builds on that with authority is the government and I don't trust the government with my product, so I'm going to keep it to myself. Oh, and we need to t- talk about how the suit of armor starts to kill him. Yeah. In Iron Man That's 2. Very true. What does that do to someone when you like you build something and then it starts to kill you slowly? You know, um I'm not sure of any examples within the psychological community of something like that. Maybe well, it'd be like stress, Str- right? Oh, it could like be. You, yeah. Like you make a business and then the business becomes so big and stressful, it starts to it starts to kill you. Like, at what point do you have to say like I have to give up what I've created because otherwise I'll die? Mm-hmm. Refresh my memory. How he he actually overcomes this? He doesn't he make himself just a new heart? And he that, makes a new element. And, oh, a new element that isn't toxic and does the same thing the old element does. Okay, so that's what. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think there. Um, from a psychological point of view, when it's it's almost like a bad relationship. It's almost like Tony was in an abusive relationship with his own heart. Ooh. And the Iron Man suit, and he just needed to find either a way around it or a different a different source like if you're like back to the relationship idea um so in the beginning tony and his heart were walking like hand in hand over (laughs) a grassy meadow like skipping but then the heart gets all skeevy and starts drinking too much and starts abusing him well tony was mature enough and developed enough thanks to his relationship with pepper in my personal opinion that instead of just kind of toughing it out or like numbing himself to this obstacle that Tony, that past Tony might have done, he um, used his gifts and he used his friends and he found a healthy way around it. Well, what triggered it was seeing that video of his dad and his dad suddenly going from like 20 years ago yeah. saying, you know, son, I might have treated you like crap, but hey, you know, I always loved you. And then he's like, all right, time to kick it into gear. Yep. I have what I've always needed, closure. Yeah, and with, with the closure came validation that, he never, that he'd never had before. And that kind of, like you said, kick-started or, or, or kind of jolted this, like, hey, I am as cool as I think I am. <laughs> Not just I think I'm cool as I, I am or I'm better than everyone else, but I've got a gift and I'm cognitively aware of how to use this to overcome the obstacle facing me right now. So, yeah, you know, you know people love each other. Like, parents, love your kids for a bit. <laughs> Maybe not all the time. <laughs> Unconditional could make them brats. Mm-hmm. Maybe. All the time, at least. But none could make them socio and psychopaths. Yeah. Very, very true. Moving on to the final conflict of Iron Man 3, which was just post that event that happened in Avengers. And, you know, you, you fly into space, you almost die, mm-hmm. and then you come back. You know, everything starts to, your war, literally, the world starts to crumple around you as the lack of pressure in space depressures everything else around you. Just the sign, everything's collapsing on itself. Or actually, it's really, it's breaking apart. You know, it's, yep. it's it, it, if you know space, you get it, okay? If you know how vacuums work, which I clearly don't. Yep. Well, no, I'm not not agreeing with you. Oh my god! Very, yep, <laughs> you don't know shit, Maui. <laughs> um, so, but then we have the writers wanted to have him go into alcoholism there, but let's just talk about what they did do, and they they gave him you know anxiety attacks. Yep, just every time he got a little bit of pressure, I don't even know what really triggered it for him. Just 
thinking that he was alone? Um, well, in cases of anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder, um, it can be triggered almost randomly, or there, there could be sort of like, a, like a, something to spark the trigger mm-hmm. to put these um, flashbacks. Because he does suffer from flashbacks, if I remember the movie correctly. He does yeah. go back. He, well, he has nightmares of yeah. that every night. He doesn't sleep. Yep. The anxiety keeps him up, and the only way he can shut it out is to make tens of scores of Iron Man suits. Which mm-hmm. is nuts. I, like, he should have fallen apart as a person, just physically. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, either that's just um, giving kudos to how smart and efficient and pragmatic Tony Stark is as a person, or just how he is, self, like, destroying himself. Again, um... <laughs> this dude really doesn't like himself. Through, through building. Yeah, um, or he doesn't like... I wouldn't say that it's it's self-hatred or, or anger turned inwards, because it doesn't seem like he's depressed. I haven't seen the movie in a while, but I wouldn't diagnose Tony Stark with depression. There was a mild bout of depression in Iron Man 2 when he yeah. wasn't partying. Mm-hmm. But besides that, that was quickly replaced by not even anxiety depression, just just plain anxiety. Yeah. And um, I think from what I remember of the movie, he is removed from the Iron Man identity completely, basically. He's, he's just Tony Stark in this backwoods town having to survive without any sort of Iron Man apparatus for a, a good chunk of the movie, if oh, I remember yeah. right. Yeah. Barely suited up. And so when he's able to overcome obstacles as Tony using just like his bare like his bare bones, just his intellect and Dora the Explorer watch. Yeah. Um, he got the validation that he just is an Iron Man. And in this situation, because like we already stayed in Iron Man too because he had such apprehensions to being separated from that identity, he realizes that as Tony Stark, you know, I've got the validation of my father now. I've got the validation from my friends co-workers co-super heroes and and now i've got validation from myself like completely and fully the, the past two movies have kind of been building it up but now i know that i can like fully and with confidence overcome the obstacle that i'm facing right now and and he does he kind of just goes full jack bauer and murders a whole bunch of dudes on the way to get to um, ben kingsley i like that description because it, it fully sum- surmises the symbology of the shrapnel in his heart, right? Because it wasn't until Iron Man 3, at the very end, where he finally is like, wow, why have I been putting off taking the shrapnel out of my heart? Like, I've been building wonders, and you're telling me I can't get, like, 15 little pieces of metal? I have to just hold them with this thing I made in a cave? Yeah. Because that's what he feels he deserves, is just this this constant impending threat on his life to do better because without it, he will go away. There's that. And then you could also think of that as where, because they are pieces of metal, like iron and symbolic of perhaps the Iron Man, Iron Man identity is, is literally killing him to some degree, but also inside of him and intertwined with his very like organic matter. Mm-hmm. And so by removing that and just sticking to the suit, he can like fluidly be Iron Man and Tony Stark in a mentally healthy um, state of cognitive awareness. Yeah, one's life doesn't invade the other. Exactly. So it's, it's yeah, it's like kind of keeping your work life and your social life and your family life all healthily separate in a way. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we, we touched on this briefly, but 
Um, post-traumatic stress disorder yes. is a real kicker in, in three, especially due to the flashbacks. And there are, let me see, um, two, three, eight criteria to the post-traumatic stress disorder um, syndrome uh, uh, affliction. It's a disorder. Yeah. The post-traumatic stress disorder. disorder. <laughs> I just d- didn't want to say post-traumatic stress disorder disorder. Um, it all works. Anyway. Um, I, we forgive you. You're an amateur psychology yeah. student. Prince. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted me. to. I wanted alliteration. Damn it. But you, okay. Yeah. Pupil. Um, oh, psychology pupil. Man, mm-hmm. that's just coming to me now. All right. Whatever. Go ahead. Fix it in post. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> yeah, Alec is a psychology pupil. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, like the one of the main ones is there's a stressor, or or there's some sort of traumatic event that the. Uh, the the PTSD of afflicted um, witnesses is there firsthand, and he's there. He he goes into scary space, and he almost kills himself for the greater good, and that seems to haunt him. the The, the second criteria is known as intrusion. The that those are the flashbacks. It's persistent re-experiencing of the event. I really hope there are some listeners just like writing down a checklist right now. Just like, like, man, do I have PTSD? (laughs) Huh. All right. And what's number three? Three is avoidance, which is seen in Tony's like super heavy delving into his work where Tony doesn't really want to face the the memories of the invasion. Um, So he just works and works and works and works and he doesn't want to talk about it and he just just literally almost kills himself well, due any, to overexertion. Anytime anyone brings it up, he's like, I got to go in the suit. Yep, later. All right, uh, give me a give me a diagnosis. Am I okay? Yeah, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Huh, I am? I don't feel okay. Yep. So then we have, like, um, negative traits being incorporated into his, like, thoughts and mood, which, I mean, he's kind of, like, in, in the town, it takes that the, 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 the hope of a small child to... <laughs> To instill uh, another feeling of self self worth, where prior Tony had kind of been, you know, he's down in the dumps. He's like, "Darn it, I'm not Iron Man anymore. Okay. My girlfriend's been captured, and prom is tomorrow. So like, it's just a bad <laughs> it's day. Christmas. Yeah, forgot to get my mom a gift, or no, mom's dead. Never mind. Well, we don't know. They yeah. never bring her up. I think I think there was like one newspaper clipping that said she might have died in a car crash. Yeah. Iron Man Four, the Iron Mom, <laughs> Iron Mom, Maiden. Yeah. Um, so then criterion, the next criterion, uh, criterion E. So Tony, does Tony, because I don't remember this as well, uh, feel like shifts or changes in his reactivity or like how he experiences stimuli? Example being, because like I did not follow that, Mr. Peterson. <laughs> okay. So say in Iron Man 1, um, Tony really likes cheeseburgers. He does. That's one of the two things he wants when he's coming back to mm-hmm. America. He wants a cheeseburger and a press conference, I believe. Yep. Um, so say he gets that cheeseburger and he really likes it, but in Iron Man 3, he's just like, ho-hum, just another burger. Like, <laughs> what, is there anything like that is in the movie? Because I my memory is failing me right now. Uh, I His relationship with Pepper... There we go. ...is Something... a little bit different because before, like, he... I mean, I don't... Uh, I guess he always did kind of ignore her because remember in Iron Man 3 he was late to things he was um hmm that's a good question there probably are examples yeah honestly but uh you think you think the writers were like oh let's get this psychology book lit out uh, uh post-traumatic stress disorder and let's include examples of all eight steps yep so I I personally just off of that I think there there's got to be some sort of 
alteration in in how he's perceiving different stimuli. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Well, he's freaking <laughs> out more. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, and then he's kind of more reclusive, not as not as gregarious as he used to be. So, bam, there we go. Criterion fulfilled. Fight me, listeners. <laughs> yep. Um, and then the next one is duration, and that's basically it. Did his anxiety attacks and flashbacks last more than a month? And oh, it's a year. Yeah, oh, yeah. So that one's that one's pretty in the books, shut and closed. But the the next one is is kind of odd, where it's functional significance. Is that the last one? Nope. There's one more. Um, we can just pair these two together. It's functional significance and attribution, where it the event or the stressor one year down the line is causing impairment to his obligations, social, work, financial. Oh yeah. Friends, whatever. Well, he was freaking out and too, and he just handed the company over to Pepper, and mm-hmm. then eventually he's like, oh, "We we had dinner tonight. Well, I can't go to dinner because I'm too busy building things. Dinner will slow me down, and I'll have to think about that time I was in space dying." Yep. And then, and the last one, attribution is the these symptoms need to be organically um, stemming from the event and not from like medication or any other substances he didn't take medication outside of whatever the iron man suit gave him Mm -hmm. so that's so ptsd yeah all eight steps do you have ptsd listeners (laughs) let us know shoot us a tweet (laughs) please seek assistance yeah um if you do uh but uh, (laughs) you know just like tony stark did in the end credits scene uh, well, he had surgery. No, he was with Bruce Banner. He oh, was that's l- right. Literally getting therapy from. And Bruce Banner's like, uh, you know, I'm not yeah. really a therapist, doctor. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Bruce Banner's probably knows the brain it's super true. well. It's so, true. Or has some sort of not, a, not the best friend point. though. We fell asleep on him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was that was more for the movies. Of course. Movies. But you're right. I totally appeal. forgot about that. Mm-hmm. That this the whole thing was just like, oh, I need to get this off my chest. So I can feel relieved about this entire stress bomb. Wow, they have, they covered that really well. They did. Holy cow. Yep. Wow. And then in comes Avengers 2 where he's like, man, now Steve Rogers is kind of stabbing me in the back. Well, uh, that's that was a big issue I had with Avengers 2 is that entire psychological journey he went through in Iron Man 3 was sort of just pushed to the wayside. Yeah. To replace his... Like, dramatic egotism again yeah i'm just like i'm going to hurt the world with my inventions because he gave up all the suits in iron man 3 he blew them all up yeah he gave up the suits but then he made his like iron iron legion was it yeah called? and then he made the iron legion like what's what's really the difference yeah. b- between i think it was just because like iron man 3 was supposed to be like his last film i know they had him signed on for avengers 2 and 3 yeah but that was supposed to be like some sort of finality. I don't think he was supposed to have as big a role yeah. in Avengers 2 as what ended up. Uh, yeah, I believe Robert Downey Jr. was kind of getting sick of the role, but then came to terms with it. That Well, the, the, you know, the, the rumor mill says that his, his passion project, The Judge, it didn't do as well as he hoped. And, you know, we, we just kind of assumed that, that he, he became okay with the character of Iron Man. Because wouldn't you be for a while? Yeah. I mean, I there's I can imagine any person would get tired of doing the same thing to cuz everybody loves it and that's all they want to see when yeah. you have so much more to offer. But at some point you can just go, you know what? People like this. I like this. I can do this some more. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a line you have to walk. You have to be 
you have to make sure that's still quality. You don't want to turn into like saw. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to, if you want a piece of art that perfectly describes this conversation, just watch Birdman because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all. That's exactly what we're talking about. So, um, I don't think I have anything else outside of just Iron Man is a fantastic actual psychological journey of yeah. of films. In uh, in my opinion, it, it's. Pretty choice, if were you, I were to borrow a word from the 1920s. If you were... <laughs> I don't, choice. Choice. <laughs> it's pretty razzle-dazzle. <laughs> if you were to... When you were watching this movie, as as a psychology student, were you going, damn, like, this is really good. I mean, when I was watching that movie, it came out, like, what, 2012, 2013? Mm-hmm. I was... Yeah. I was just like... Nah, um, it's not Uma Thurman who plays pepper pots it's gwyneth paltrow gwyneth pa- like, nice explosions in gwyneth paltrow i can get behind this but like watching it later when i've actually got a little little something something um in my mind i can be like hey good job marvel i like this movie more and it, even if it's con- it's considered the weakest of the trilogy isn't it no two is two is really by, f- by far two is by far um one is considered the strongest just for its storytelling ability yeah i actually think three is better that's me. Mm-hmm. Fight me, nerds. <laughs> Fight me. Um, I want to hear the people that think two is the best. It's certainly an action film, but it doesn't have the the gravitas storytelling ability that one and three have. Mm-hmm. Of just like this guy went on a journey, and he and it ended somewhere. Yeah, and if you uh, do want to fight Michael Maurer, uh, shoot us a tweet at uh, superhero mc. Oh yeah, uh, that's the uh, Twitter account I run. It, it's true. He is he is a main member of our Twitter squad. Yeah. So thank you for leading us into the end of this episode. Iron Man Psychology Superhero Movie Club is recorded and produced by Triop Cop Productions. New new name. New name. Okay. There we go. I'm editing your comment and post. <laughs> <laughs> if you like what you hear, you know, support us by rating us on iTunes. Um, as always, that is our favorite thing for you to do. Our second favorite thing is for you to go onto our subreddit and you know talk with us. We're going to post the show notes and a discussion thread for this episode, and uh, I'm we'll talk back to you if you have any if you have questions or if you think like what we said was was if you would like to point out something to us, don't don't shout at us that we're wrong. We're we're pretty naive folk. We we come to grips with that, but just tell us, hey man. I'm an actual psychologist, and let me tell you something interesting. Oh, please do. Oh, that'd be great. And and as always, tweet us at SuperheroMC. Perfect. Wonderful. We have a Facebook page. Like it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we have so much you so- don't know us. We have so much social media. We focus <laughs> a lot get on- to know us. <laughs> we focus a lot on the Reddit and the, and the Twitter, um, most of all. And if you want to- Party. Party. <laughs> <laughs> My address is- <laughs> One two three four eight five nine ninety fifth lane, second city. <laughs> <laughs> on the third star to the right, and straight on till morning. <laughs> so that'll do it today. It. Yeah, half a bottle of vodka and ramblings. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll do it today. I'm your host, Michael Maurer. I'm Alec Peterson. Thank you again, Mr. Maurer, for having me on your wonderful show. And thank you, Alec, for always being there and giving me unconditional love. Yeah. That my parents also gave me. I will. I will validate you like a the, the handsome parking ticket you are, Michael Maurer. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a left-handed oyster shucking glove. That is my rarity and charm. Okay, everyone. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a super week. Jonas Dark, make-
makes you feel he's a cool exec with the heart of steel. And Iron Man, all jets of flames, he fights and slides with the culture race.